This is the Transformation Bros Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jason and Nathan. Hey guys, welcome to episode 15, and we've just been celebrating again, actually. <laughs> yeah, 15 episodes. Uh, said to Nathan, can we celebrate that one again? And he's like, is there a limit to how many times we There's can celebrate? There's no limit There's to celebration. No limit. We are going to celebrate, and yeah, thanks for getting this far if you're still listening. If you're not listening, you won't know that we've got this far. <laughs> Yeah, if you are, do a little woohoo in your car or go out for a walk. Celebrate with us. Yeah, do your own woohoo, but make sure someone else hears it. Because if no one else hears it, it's not actually a really a celebration? Yeah, exactly. And remember, if Jason and Nathan can (laughs) eke out 15 episodes of a podcast, imagine what you can do. Anything is possible. You're amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Statistically, you're 10 times smarter and more good looking than... Either of us. Nathan and Jason. <laughs> so think yeah. of what you could do if we could just show up every week and knock out these silly little yeah. things. Absolutely. So you can do it. You can do it. Thanks for listening. Totally. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and today we're going to go straight into a question from a fan. Well, Rebels, we like listener. to mix it up a little yeah. bit. We're going to do it at the end. We're, we're crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it's on parenting. Oh. Which is great. I don't have kids, so I'll just... Sit back for the next 29 minutes and hear you wax lyrical (laughs) (laughs) on the success you've had as a parent. Okay, here we go. Here's the question. The first question was, uh, it was a bit of a funny one, and it was, if you sleep train your baby, will she be in therapy later in life? Definitely. (laughs) We're all going to be in therapy eventually. Is that sleep training is like, when they say you should like force your or just let your kid cry. They've yeah. got to learn at some point. Yeah. No one's coming to save them. Cry themselves to cry sleep. Cry themselves to sleep. So she's saying, if you do that, does that mean they'll end up in therapy? Which is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, then she said, uh, it's a joke. It's just that sleep is on um, on her mind a lot because they've got a newborn. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe the better question she says is, how do you know that you're doing something right when it comes to your kids? Like, how do you know you're getting it right? You have no idea. You'll never know. You'll never know. Yeah, the sleep training but ones. Just, interesting. just trust that a therapist in a land far, far away will know exactly <laughs> what you got wrong. Yeah, and they will <laughs> fix your baby, your your the love of your life, one of your children. Well, you've got a um, commitment that you're just going to shove your kids in landmark. Absolutely. Yep. Landmark education. Yep. Yep. Landmark for teenagers. I think it's a great thing. Actually, um, my eldest did that. And also he's done MKB, which is the Western version of male initiation from ah, right. boyhood, boyhood the mankind to manhood. project. Yeah, the Mankind Project. Highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it for any man that feels like a boy and hasn't initiated <laughs> into his manhood. Not looking at anyone in particular. Yes, boy. we're looking at you, Nathan. <laughs> I think it's cool. Uh, one thing that I did the landmark forum um, – Oh, yeah. I just preface this by saying there's like a bit of weirdness around Landmark. Yep. So I want to acknowledge that. Yep. It's a, similar to Amway, if yeah. you've been through that. <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> of it's justified for sure. Yeah. Uh, but if we just take all the, the weirdness out of it, the core teaching oh, and amazing. what happens in, in the Landmark form is really powerful. Yeah. And I think when it comes to your children uh, and, and, say, putting your teenagers through it, what I notice is it gives them new context and new language mm. to be able to look at stuff and to communicate properly with you as a parent. Yeah, that's right. And we're not selling Amway. We can just, oh, landmark. 
And or we are Amway. selling Amway yeah. weirdly. We're if you go to transformationbros.com <laughs> forward slash Amway, you can see a great deal on some cleaning products that we're running this week. Everyone loves those cleaning products. <laughs> so we're not selling landmark education, but um, I actually forgot what I was going to say. When, when that but you up, love but, it. Uh, we're yeah. big advocates of it. Yeah. The edu- yeah, the education. You were saying that the, the language and stuff like that. It's stuff, it's stuff like I did it when I'm 37. I think I did it when I was 22, the Landmark Forum. And the stuff that I learned in Landmark that I still use today, even in my coaching, I still use some of yes. the language. When we talk about uh, transformation, breakthrough, breakdowns, yeah. a lot of this is language that was um, – you know, brought in by Werner Earhart, the founder of Landmark. Absolutely. He's all about transformation. And transforming your possibility. being. Yeah, and transforming your being. Yeah. Which is called um, something, the word I can't remember right now, transforming your being. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Anyway, so well, a, that was a fun yeah. side. Uh, so let's talk about parenting. So the question is, how do you know if you're getting it right with your children? What do you, how do you know that you're doing the right thing by them? Do you get feedback? Do you... Is it is it when you start trying something new? Is it instantly obvious that you're parenting right? Is it a long journey? What kind of caveats can I put on this? Because many, I'm not an expert. Well, neither and, am I. Obviously, I have no idea. Yeah, and you're at least in the arena. Yeah, I'm in the arena with my four sons and twenty four, fourteen, thirteen, and eleven now. So connection was. You know, when I first went into therapy, we probably talked about this before. Sounds like I went away somewhere, but actually it was just <laughs> once a week. Sure yeah. yeah. Straight jacket. This one's a nutter. <laughs> Sorry to all you nutters out there. Um, so, yeah, but I realized obviously that I'd never been connected and in my relationships, in my life. And then I noticed that I wasn't, and that was really the sad part was I wasn't connected to my children. Right. And I remember telling my therapist, I hug them a lot. I tell them I love them. Um, you know, I'm still trying have, to do it have, right. Trying to do it right. We have rules and stuff. And I remember when he said to me, who's the hug for? I was just, oh, man, hit me like a ton of bricks because I felt like, damn, that's actually for me. I've been stealing hugs from my children. Right, because yeah. you wanted to feel. Yeah, I just something. wanted to. Um, yeah, it was that lost, lonely, emotionally neglected child that I was was actually taking from my children Grabbing to make some love me, from your kids. Yeah, to make me feel better. Warmth, yeah. But anyway, to get back to the question, um, feeling genuinely connected is when you can actually feel that. Well, that's what I have now is I can actually feel that connection with my children without a hug. The hugs like not actually necessary mm. so yeah just actually realizing that in the moment um so and how do you know if you're doing a good job i mean jeepers that's every parent's nightmare basically you just you're spending years day or days weeks months years doing what you feel and what you think is right and you know if, as long as you're asking questions people say there's no manual for bringing up children well that's not true there's thousands of them you can read you can go to courses you can do all that sort of stuff can I ask the flip side? Can is it it's maybe obvious when you're getting it wrong? Is it? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. That's a good question because we can be. Yeah, it's is easier it, is when it, they're older. So yeah, probably, when you actually have the benefit of communication. Yeah, yeah, and I know a lot of us parents and those of you listening out there will be like, you can't wait till you can communicate. Yeah. Um, and back to the sleep training, we tried that with our middle child. Um, 
and later learned that that's definitely the opposite of what you should do. Basically, what the science now, um, Nathan Wallace is huge on this, the um, Brain Trust um, in New Zealand anyway, they... um, the science now is that you you must care for that child. We're the only animal on the planet that can't look after, well, maybe not the only one, but we can't look after ourselves. We rely 100%. If you have a baby and just sit it on the couch, that's it. Die. It's going to die. Yeah. It cannot fend for itself. And that's so, true, eh? Like other animals, you see them, they get, they get born, get yeah. born, and then they walk up and then they're away, aren't they? Yeah, well, there's no human trotting up and just making sure no, that they're... there isn't. They're not born you know, walking. No. Lazy. Yeah. Bloody hell. So there's that. Um, and that, I think, um, obviously the people I've talked uh, mentioned, Nathan Wallace and the Brains Trust, they believe, and Jordan Peterson and Dr. Joe Dispenza talk about this a bit as well, is with early trauma mm. is actually created there from that lack of um, connection. Right. That, that care where you're actually you. – so you've got to be with them like for three years just at their beck and call. And then you've got to turn that off. That's the science. Really? Yeah. So just super intimate. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the way I heard this explained too is that because you're so dependent on your parent for survival, something in a child is like, man, it's so sensitive to abandonment. Yeah. Because it's abandonment means death. Yeah. So anything that remotely looks like parent isn't coming, not going to be there, uh, you know, is equals death. So that makes the child incredibly, incredibly sensitive yeah. for abandonment. And the second thing is uh, they make everything about themselves at that age. Mm. So you have that combination as if they feel abandoned or like no one's coming, it's incredibly triggering. And the second phase of that is it's because I did something wrong mm. or because I'm not mm. good enough or something not right. That and that, not. That's the the genesis, the beginning of so much um, of our behaviours in life is that we made it all about ourselves when we got abandoned as a kid. And so we think we're fundamentally flawed. This Mm. fundamentally something didn't quite go right in this one. Yeah. That's how we think about ourselves. Yeah. Fundamentally flawed. So we create all of these different strategies over the top of feeling like we're flawed in some way. Yeah. We did something wrong. That that base point. Yeah, feeling that we're actually not good enough, and that's when we're triggered. Is when someone says something, they might it doesn't actually matter what they say, but we're, it triggers our "not good enough" button. Yeah, like ugh. Mm. you, I remember that guy um, Nathan Wallace. You, you told me that he referred to like the difference between a Cortina and a Ferrari. That's right. That first three years. Yeah, in the first yeah thousand days, so the first three years. If you if you um, have a Cortina, if you don't do some of these things that they're talking about. At the end of the three years, you'll have a Cortina. And for the rest of its life, you can stick mag wheels on it. You can put your fluffy dice in the window. You can keep giving it nice paint jobs, but it's always a Cortina. Whereas if you give it the attention and everything, what they're suggesting, that nurture and that um, presence and obviously structure and all that stuff as well, you create a Ferrari and it doesn't matter what happens. You can leave that Ferrari outside. You can... um, let the paint get chipped and all that sort of stuff, but it's still a Ferrari. Yeah. Mm. So it's creating like an incredible foundation. Mm. And no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. I remember when he started saying, he said this, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, look, 
we all do it wrong. There's all this sort of stuff. And I remember there was a Q&A at the end and I stuck my hand up and I was like, so if you've been doing it all just hypothetically. If you've got a handful of Cortinas at home. Yeah, if you've been doing it all the absolute opposite of what you're talking <laughs> about today, is that, you know, are we done? Is it bad? Yeah. Yeah. Kill them. Yeah. But I love that. I, you know, just that realisation like, holy shit, if I hadn't have heard him speaking, there's, you know, I was literally doing things back to front. Yeah. There must be a Sorry, balance son. here to go. We have to give ourselves permission to get it wrong because there's a Absolutely. ton of parents that have got older kids now that are like, oh, definitely didn't do that. Yeah, so that's what he said. Yeah, gosh, you have to have you know compassion for yourself. You did the best with what you knew at the time, right? We yeah. all are. Yeah. So good stuff. So mm. you said um, around the sleeping, more love, intimacy, touch, connection, better at their beck and call. Yeah, and I think that presence, that's um, – a, a child can tell if you're not interested, I think. That's what you were talking about, that, you know, that, that's hypersensitive yes. to it. So it's like giving them the attention, um, giving them what they need. They talk about talking with your baby a lot, mm-hmm. which I know that's probably old news now, whereas um, you don't have to wait till the baby could do it. You're just always talking because their brain, it's all ticking. It's right. all, you know, going like that. Um, There's something you said the other day that I loved. Um you said we keep trying to get kids ready for life, but actually they're in oh, life. they're up to their eyeballs in it. They're up to their mm. eyeballs in it. What mm. do you mean by that? Well, that's what that's one of the things I was probably doing wrong is like always trying to prepare them. Like make sure you, you know, put your raincoat on. Don't get cold. Yeah. You've got a woolly hat. Um, but then that transfers into are you doing your schoolwork probably like, you know, what are you doing with your life? Blah, 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 blah. You're always trying to train them and make them something. Oh, this feels disgusting. This is <laughs> awful. But um, actually supporting them, nurturing them, being giving them what they need to be a decent human being, and then what they choose to do with that is their, it's their business. It's actually none of my business. Mm-hmm. I just want to support and love them. And that's the other thing. I think that's the hard thing when you – Follow that um, nurturing advice for those thousand days or those, and then you've got to turn it off because otherwise you're damn right going to create a spoiled little brat. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've made those mistakes as well. A thing I really loved that that really landed with me, and again, I don't have kids, so I I just have to, it's theoretical for me, right? Yeah. Um, Got a lot of nephews and nieces. Yeah, I got a lot. 11, 12? Yeah. Yeah. Approximately, yeah, yeah. I, I love, I love kids. Um, but it, it was something I read where it said your goal as a parent is to take your kids from dependence to independence as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. So to create independent adults, and so when you look at it through that framework, it's you're training. You don't do everything for the kid. Mm. You know, you actually have to as quickly as you can train them to make their own dinner make their own lunch do their own washing like you're actually trying to make an independent human and the next step to this which i thought was so fascinating which goes into adulthood is a lot of people never get out of the dependency phase they're dependent on their parent Mm. all the way through their life Mm. and then they leave home they're completely dependent they're not independent at all Mm. so Mm. then they just need to go and find a partner to be dependent on yeah so we have a lot of people in relationships where they're Dependent on their yeah. girlfriend or their wife to be their mum, or, or, or vice husband. versa. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the word interdependence means like 
when there's two things come together, it creates something better. Mm-hmm. We can do more together than we can apart. And so that's the ultimate goal is to go from dependent child to independent adult to interdependent relationship. Ooh, yeah, that's good. That's cool, isn't it? That's really cool. Yeah. That's the holy grail. It is. Um, the other one to add with that, uh, when they're becoming, it's independent thinking. That's something I've definitely tried to do with my children is, you know, and it's bloody up and down. Um, but like making choices and decisions, like actually leaving them to do that. Yeah. They've got to make mistakes. They've got to like thrash it out. It's a bit like um, Lockie, even at 10 last year, he'd say to me, how do I spell such and such? And I'd be like, well, how do you, you know, try spelling it? Whereas old me would just spell it. Yes. And it's stuff like that, like giving them the opportunity to try, giving them the opportunity to figure it out on their own. We've got to make mistakes. We talked about it last episode. This is something I have to work on with coaching constantly because I always want to just give my clients the answer and I want to kind of do it for them. Yeah. Which, I mean, you can get some kind of result out of that. But ultimately, it's letting them, giving them the chance to go out and try and fail and break it and bumble their way through the... That's the long way. The breakthrough. It's the long way, you know, and it maybe doesn't feel as fun and quick and successful as just giving them the answer. But ultimately, that's what builds the confidence in them to go out and create any kind of transformation in their life on their own. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what we want to create. Um, I'm sure everyone wants to create that where their children can be themselves in the world creating what it is that they want to, that they're here to do because we're all here to do something yeah we've all got our own gifts i believe that it's so hard isn't it to see a child and think that's not my child that i'm raising but to actually go that's a mini adult with all its own destiny and dreams and desires and zones of genius and skills and talents and this beautiful uniqueness that i'm there to encourage and flourish and bring out of them nurture i would find that hard i think if i had kids not to just like sculpt this child in the image of me (laughs) or even worse what i hadn't done or worse sculpt in the image of you (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah and i think through through history we've been probably particularly bad at that I do love that I've got these children at different ages. I've, I have my own schooling to reflect on. Then I've got my 24-year-old, his schooling, which was very different. Right. And then now the, the younger boys, their schooling, very different. Because you, you love the schools now that they're at, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, I love the I love the, the way they talk, student-led learning. I love that they, they're very committed also to supporting the children to do what they want to do. Um, the education shift and the education. <laughs> it's been a long day. I've not been drinking. It's only in the middle of the afternoon. Um, the education system is transitioning, transforming. It's definitely happening. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think it is. And I don't know where in the world you are. So, but maybe here, in some places it isn't. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some places it isn't, but it's very encouraging. It's really encouraging. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Jason and Nathan. I want to acknowledge you because I, I think you've had an amazing transformation in your parenting. I have. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you, Nathan and Wallace. So, so many different ways, though. Like, it's taken something for you to do it. Especially, like, you know, the, the challenge you have as a, being a solo parent, running a business and being busy and having three boys to come home. And you've really tried your best to, like, be present with each of them and guide each of them and, you know, um, give them that 
time and connect with them and get to know them and that's really taken something because you're so busy yeah and it still does i don't think that one ever ends yeah and we i get it wrong lots um just had a bust up with one of my children last night oh tell us about that because people find that relatable (laughs) yeah um i think so it was ridiculous it was about a pair of shoes Right. I wanted to put shoes and socks on. Classic. And he didn't want to. But I think what I can be responsible for is the lead up to this in the last few months, maybe even six months, where he's been a bit disrespectful, answering back. And there's, you know, look, you can have all this new age student-led learning and all this nurturing parenting and stuff, but there still needs to be some boundaries, even if they're at the top end of it, which is like answering back or telling me that, I've told him off so he can tell me off. I find that really triggering. Um, So this was just another case of that where it deteriorated into an argument about who was telling who off. And that is, I've lost it at that point. I've lost any, um, I I haven't lost it uh, in my reaction, but I've lost a grip of what I can't get anything sorted from there. Yeah, so I've got to bring him back. Jeez, I don't even know, actually, while I'm talking about it. It was pretty sad. I really, I did end up, not in that example, but then when we were in the car, I was actually dropping them off to the airport to go on holiday with their mum, and he just kept going, or I kept going. I don't know who I'm going to blame for that. Two, two triggered people. Two triggered people were still going, and then I really lost it. Right. I, I was screaming. I was actually yelling. I could see my 11-year-old looking like he'd seen a ghost in the back seat, just wide-eyed, like, what the hell? Because I haven't lost it like that. I can't even remember when. Um, but there's just that point where, yeah, it just felt like the point where he was not being respectful. And I, it's a quite nuanced, isn't it? Because, like, we're, you know, back in my day, being respectful was just not even freaking talking. You know, there was, was a whole different level to that. But he was, um, yeah, oh, I guess, I think I got it wrong. I really got that one wrong. And I'd had a I'd had a bad day. I hadn't had a bad day, but I'd had a stressful day. Um, I'd had a lot of things going on. I'd got some bad news about a building project that just kind of pushed me over the edge. I came home from work. I, we were on a very tight timeline. And he'd been on at school holidays here, so he was on PlayStation all day. And then dinner was ready, and I said, come on. So the other two boys got up for dinner. He still had to finish his PlayStation, and this is kind of the thing that he gets me with, is he's, he won't just do something. He'll, he's got to, like, push it. It's almost like, I don't know, I don't want to create that, but it's, sometimes it's like, how far can I push, Dad? What am I going to, how am I going to get there? And so, yeah, I lost it in that, through that whole section right so that's my um confession do you think today. yeah thanks for sharing it because it's not fun to talk about right no um i feel sad too yeah and bad yeah you know it always as parents we always you know when we can't keep it together we actually it really affects us yeah is it i, I just have to wonder if like because you, you have the boys a lot you know yeah. they basically live with you full time Knowing that they're going away for a week, 
Is mm. there some kind of underlying sadness or anger about that? Or just, you know, because oftentimes when we're like, when we can't be with the pain of people leaving, we kind of blow up an argument mm. to have them leave and then we don't have to deal with the pain and the sadness of that separation because mm. we've had this big argument. We kind of just blew it up and then we're like, oh, good, I'm glad you're leaving. We almost manufacture that to avoid the pain. And I'm getting pretty deep crab here, but do you reckon there's any anything like that underneath it? I reckon they're, they're subconsciously sure. there's possibly because um, – I hung around at the window when they left <laughs> to watch the plane leave, like once they were on the plane, and I, d- I actually did feel really sad. Um, but I feel like yesterday was the perfect storm, if there's such a thing. Sure. And where that starts or ends or what, you know, what's going on subconsciously, I'd have to, like, really think about. But, it, you know, are these it's things... just like sometimes when I look at a pattern as a coach, I'm like... There's nothing is really a coincidence. So yeah, the fact that it happens yeah. around this, which is quite a rare situation for just you to lose your kids for a week. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So like a coincidence that there's this, the biggest explosion you've had in a long time mm. around that. Mm. You know, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. That would just be interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be, I was going to say, there's got to be something in that for mm. sure underneath. So... You kind of touched on it. You said at the start, you're like, what I can be responsible for, which is modeling what we've been talking about with 100% responsibility. Yeah. You're still effectively in this situation. So what does the cleanup look like? Yeah, because he's always particularly unforgiving. Right. Yeah. Holds on to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I can definitely be responsible for how it got to that point. Like – being too busy, fingers in quotation marks, to um, to pull it, rein in that version of disrespect that has felt disrespectful. And I've told him it has, but there's been no consequence. And if anyone who's got children will know there's nothing, very little gets done without consequence. Right. There's got to be some version. And that's what we're teaching them for life, right? Is that you can't just. True. Oh, yeah. Same there's, out in the world. Yeah, out in the world, there's consequences for your actions. So um, do you think without the busy day and the the hard day, it still would have been a problem? Yeah, I don't know. Is the disrespect still there? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm saying is that this culmination was coming. It was going to hit at some point and that was the perfect storm. I mean, that's always the case too for most of us humans. We don't really – do things until it gets that bad that we have to actually take an action to yeah. I don't know if that's exactly true, but I can I definitely experience that. We'll leave things until you know we absolutely have to deal with it. Yeah, so So in, in terms of the cleanup, like one thing that really and I didn't realise this till later life, but when I was a kid, my dad would have these blow ups, stressed at work, all the same excuses. But it would never, ever, ever be mentioned again. Right. There'd be no apology. There'd be no cleanup. And it would sort of like we'd wake up the next day and it'd be chirpy and smiling as if nothing had happened. And I think that was very damaging to me because it was mm. almost like <laughs> I don't know. It was almost like you didn't like. Did that actually happen? Mm. Like me almost left like not trusting my own gaslit. feelings. Mm. Gaslit. Mm. Right. 
and it's weird and it's like sometimes my mum, bless her, just trying to do her best, you know, I'm, this is really not a shame game. This is just me no. understanding my own, yeah. What's how I'm dealt with it. Mm. My mum would go, oh, we're having such a good time. Isn't it good to be so happy? She would sort of try to manufacture this. Over the top. Over the top that mm. we're all fine. And so that mm. was, again, my internal feeling was going, things are not fine. This was a really horrible situation. I still feel really wounded by it because I'm sensitive. I'm so sensitive. And so that was kind of more of like, teaching me not to trust my intuition what you're mm. feeling is wrong mm. and so again and i'm putting you under holding you to a high standard here when i'm saying how do you want to clean this up but the temptation i imagine for a lot of parents through embarrassment sadness shame is just to not acknowledge that there was a blow up or that mm. you did anything wrong and just try to move forward but i think that from my own experience is very damaging yeah i couldn't do that i have to acknowledge it and also well, because I do believe in 100% responsibility, but also I want to kind of negate the effects of probably what you just talked about by speaking about it. But when we've done that in the past, he also will go, yeah, you always say that, you know, you're always sorry, but then it happens again. So it's we've got to be careful here with the people pleasing and the wanting to tidy it up to make me feel better. Yep. So my res- my responsibility is to be genuine and authentic and tidy up my part of it, but also to be on over on his side so I'm not just trying to get him to go, yeah, it's okay, so I feel better. That, yeah. w- that wouldn't be right either. No. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a dance. It is. That one. And um, my second oldest, he's been – he's a year – he's tw- uh, 14 months older – He's. I went through that with a much shorter period with him, and he came out the other side. And just one day, he just got it, and we've been able to communicate like humans. Yeah, he's uh, like really good adults. At that. Even though he's only fourteen, he's almost fifteen. Yeah, looks twenty-five. Looks, yeah, beautiful boys. Um, but he, this, the next one, is taking a bit more work, but I know it will click through. Well, I. I believe and I trust yeah. and I hope, but I have to make sure it's not a, it's just not about me as well. There's also a sense. point like, because this is um, not even with children, but with any apology or communication when someone says, yeah, 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 heard it all before, the big yeah. apologies. It sounds like my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Wife joke. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, point, uh, you, the point is in that, is I'm not saying I'm never going to do it again. I don't yeah. have control over that. <laughs> mm. What I'm doing is tidying up the situation that happened, and I want you to get that I feel really sad and really sorry for what happened, and here's how it led to that and what I'm taking responsibility for. And what I'm asking I'm not trying to conv- of you. Yeah, and I'm not trying to convince you that I'll never make a mistake again Yeah, because it's yeah. going to happen. I'm, I can't make that promise. Yeah, um, good point. Yeah, But actually going, I'm just dealing with this situation. Yeah. Would you encourage them? Because in the realm of 100% responsibility, in a relationship, it only works if both people take 100% responsibility. So, ironically, there's not 50-50. It's two sets of 100. Yeah. You've got to be careful with the wording of that, eh? But I I, get it. Yeah, you get it. So, But I guess there's a point where with a child or your your own children, you have to teach them to take 100% responsibility. So would that be a possibility with him to go, okay, I've done it now. How would you 
take responsibility for what happened. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, that and I will do that. Thank you for that. That's a real good tip. See, I don't have kids, but I you know I can give parenting you, advice with the best. You of them. could do this. You're all <laughs> over it. Um, so it's because they're just it's just another relationship that happens to be your kids, but yeah. Well, I guess that's not. No, I like oh, what I was going to say. I just um, lost my train of thought. Sorry, but, um, interrupted. No, you didn't. It's fine. <laughs> Drink your coffee. Um, the best, and I, I don't know how I learned this or where I learned it. Probably from someone cool. But the being the example is the most important thing, and with my children, right? So, like, we can be over teachy. And like critical and expectations and all those other awful words that put pressure on people. Uh, but being an example of leading and tidying up and being responsible and just how I am in the world, I think that's, I put more emphasis on that. Not as in perfection, right. not like dad's perfect or anything like that, but watching me go through my shit, do my stuff, sharing it with them, getting them to see all of me. And then how who I'm being and what I'm doing in the world, I think that's way more important than trying to get for trying to get your kids to do things right. Yeah, that's how I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, time will tell. Makes so much sense. Time will tell. But again, I want to acknowledge you. You're on the court. You're looking. You want to be a great parent. You know, you're doing the work on yourself, which is the biggest thing you can do. Is yeah, do the work on yourself to love yourself, be a good person, live your own life, and you tick all those boxes. So. Oh, thank you. Keep bro. up the good work. Yeah. Guys, I hope this was helpful. This was a deep dive into parenting, and I think um, I think we covered some good stuff today. Yep. And you remember you're doing amazing. Yeah, you're like doing it's great. it's not. Yeah. Keep We're reading, proud of you. Keep learning. You keep talking. Keep sharing. Just it's it, it's there isn't a manual for it, but there is lots of people that are going through the same thing. And, yeah. That's how I've. That's how I get through. I don't make all this up on my own. Yeah, exactly. I just we're all doing the same thing, and yeah, parenting. I think being being a parent is one of the most amazing things. Totally, guys. Thank you. Have an amazing weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday with some more uh, chit chat. Yeah, deep dive, transformation <laughs> radio ramblings. <laughs> Thanks, See guys. You. Have a great weekend. Next Tuesday. That was the Transformation Bros with Jason and Nathan. 